You're listening to In the Family Way with your hosts, Eleanor Prado and Alexandra Tran. This podcast is about all things pregnancy, labor, and postpartum. On it, you'll hear short, uncensored information regarding starting a family. You may want to throw on some headphones, because when we say uncensored, we mean uncensored. If you're overwhelmed by all the confusing and conflicting info out there on the internet and in books surrounding pregnancy, labor, and parenthood, stay tuned and subscribe. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Alex. And I'm Eleanor. And this week, we're going to talk about how to know when it's time to go. How do you know when it's time to leave when you're in labor? Mm -hmm. Time to go to the hospital, the birth center, wherever it is you plan on expelling your baby. (laughs) Expelling. (laughs) Welcoming your baby Earthside. (laughs) I mean, it really is expelling. Yeah. 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 I always say happy uterine expulsion day to my friends. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. I'm like, I like welcome. That. Because no matter if you came out vaginally or if you were a C-section child, I mean, You're does it matter? Expelling. You're still a human. You still got to pay taxes. Like, <laughs> there's no discount for any specific type of birth. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were both, like, you were still a parasite technically. Yeah. Leeching of off your- of your mom. So, <laughs> but we're happy you're here yeah. and we're happy you're listening. So thank you for, for being with us today. So I think this is a very interesting question. A lot of my, especially my first time parents will be mm-hmm. like, well, how do I know when it's time? And it's, it's hard to tell them, well, you just know, because you really don't, you've never done you this do. before. Yeah. You know, like, how do you know? And it's just with, it's, it's pretty straightforward. It's when you, when you have so many, you check off so many of the boxes. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, I think we're all very familiar with the movie depiction of birth where mm-hmm. the water breaks or, you know, the woman, is walking down the street and has one contraction and is like, oh, and you have to and run then, like, to the hospital. Li- yeah, you have to run or that baby is going to fall out in the middle of the street, in the middle of the car. I mean, it's it's time to go. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, and, and one of the things that I think we'll talk about a little bit later is the idea that, you know, the, the mom in the movie that's having the birth is very verbal. Mm-hmm. And it's talking and, oh, get this and pack the bag and do this and make sure you do this. And, oh, let's call the babysitter and, oh, let's do that, da, 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 which is like a clear indication that, that it's she's not, not ready. Time yeah, it's to not go. time. Uh, which we'll get into a little bit more. But, yeah, um, you know, most babies don't just fall out. Mm-hmm. Um, most labors, like you said, there's a there's a list of things and you got to tick off the boxes. Mm-hmm. And once you're kind of ticking off all of those boxes, you realize, OK, mm-hmm. Now it's time to go. Yeah. Now it's getting real. We're getting closer to the time where we can actually start pushing. So, yeah. And, and we need where we need our you know care provider and an right. extra monitoring and care. And what are like, let's think, like, what are some of the benefits to staying home longer or, you know, not rushing to the hospital? So I think with hospital births, one of the benefits is that a lot of the times if you go to the hospital and you're enough to be uh, like admitted, mm-hmm. um, there tends to be a timer for birth. Right. Um, there's a certain amount of time that they feel comfortable allowing you to labor before there needs to be other interventions that mm-hmm. happen. And when we mean like you're enough, meaning that you're dilated, that there's action happening below the belt where it shows that the baby's actually coming. So yeah, some, well, and some hospitals will, if you're having the contractions, they don't care how far along you're dilated. You could be one centimeter dilated, but if you're having contraction pattern, they Mm -hmm. will take you in. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's something to be aware of as well, because it's not necessarily just about dilation. It's not necessarily just about 
contraction pattern, right? right? Like it's a combination of a lot of different things Mm -hmm. that means it's time to go. Right. And the longer that you're laboring and there's not exactly, because unfortunately labor is not linear. It doesn't happen. Okay, now I'm at three centimeters. So by six o'clock, I'll be this far. We really have no idea how long it will take you to dilate completely Mm -hmm. um, and you're ready to push. So it could be six hours or it could be 12. I mean, you really, we don't know what your body's going to do until you're in that position. Definitely. And I think another big risk of showing up too early to the birth center or the hospital is just being sent home. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's frustrating and it's disheartening. Mm-hmm. I heard of a lot of parents who have shown up and shown up and shown up mm-hmm. and been sent, um, been sent home and been sent home and been sent home. And that gets really disheartening. And so this idea and this birth plan of having this natural, unmedicated birth that they have in their mind um, immediately goes to Mm C-section because they're tired of it. And then there is the idea or the thought kind of comes into the mind of my body's not working correctly. Right. You can really psych yourself out. Definitely. It's definitely a psychological game. And so I think um, staying home for as long as possible can Mm -hmm. prevent that from happening. Yeah. And then you can like use your own stuff <laughs> and, yeah. and you feel safe and you feel secure and there's a lot of benefits for staying home. So let's see, what are some of the signs that it's time to get moving? Okay. So we mentioned contraction pattern, mm-hmm. right? What kind of pattern are we looking for? Mm-hmm. And when we say contraction patterns, what do we mean? We mean like how long they are or how close they are together. Both, okay. right? So we're looking for uh, active labor contractions are mm-hmm. about a minute long. I mm-hmm. tend to say anywhere between 55 seconds and a minute and five seconds. Yeah. There's a little bit of a of a variable but a minute if your mm-hmm. contractions are 52 seconds 51 seconds we're gonna count it <laughs> we're gonna count it <laughs> yeah um but if we're like 45 seconds we're mm-hmm. not there yet right mm-hmm. so minute long contractions are very very important mm-hmm. um and they are typically five minutes apart or less so that means you're getting a four minute break in between because the way that you count frequency with contractions so how often are they coming is from start, start to start. To start. That's so right. the break that you're getting in between them is four minutes or less. So they're five minutes apart. And typically, most people don't call it active labor until that pattern of one minute long contractions, five minutes apart, has been going on for an hour. Mm-hmm. So you might have heard maybe in a birthing class or someone casually mentioned it to you, 511 or even mm-hmm. 411. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what those numbers mean mm-hmm. for contraction pattern. So I find that there's a lot of these contraction timers apps. Yeah. On the app store, oh, yeah. those are very, very helpful. Super easy. So you don't have to actually write it down. But if you don't want to download an app, you can definitely use your stop, you know, your stopwatch feature on your phone or an actual old-fashioned stopwatch. But make sure you write it down because they will ask you whenever you when you go to the birth center or to the hospital. Yeah. Um, and the next thing is mood. I think mood is this a is, huge. This thing. is the biggest one that the, I look. The at. The biggest one that I yeah. look as a doula, right? Because we're not checking dilation right so for us as doulas we're looking at mood Mm -hmm. um what is the birthing person feeling Mm -hmm. how are they acting how are they interacting with things Mm -hmm. so are um, they able to answer questions are they more impatient are they like if i am asking somebody a question and she cannot answer me but she can bat my hand away then i kind of get an idea (laughs) Yeah, so typically in early labor, uh, in between contractions, you're going to be able to do all the things that you're doing now when you're not mm-hmm. in labor. You're going to be able to cook. You're going to be able to clean. You're going to be able to watch a TV show. Right. Uh, the contractions might distract you a little bit, but then after that contraction's over, you're going to be able to get back into whatever it was that you were doing. Exactly. With active labor, that becomes a little bit stronger, and so... 
that TV show that you were watching might become kind of annoying and disruptive. Mm -hmm. People asking you questions, it's going to take you a little bit harder to communicate. It's going to take a little bit more effort. A very common thing that I hear people say when they're in labor is, I don't know. I don't care. Um, Yeah, what? Yeah. Uh, At that moment, they're really going within themselves to focus and and focus through these contractions or or cope any method that they're currently using. So they, they don't have the bandwidth to be able to answer questions or do outside um, activities yeah and the body kind of shuts things down right Right. the body's trying to conserve energy and so it's directing all of this energy downward into the Mm -hmm. uterus to do the work and so the body's saying to you like you don't need to be watching tv anymore stop cleaning stop cooking like you need to do the work of this Mm -hmm. this is important and so a lot of people who are in labor that i've seen labor with their eyes closed Mm -hmm. um, it's harder for them to have their eyes open and alert and walking around and looking around Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that I see as far as mood goes is definitely not being able to talk through or during a contraction. Those contractions are going to be taking up a lot of your energy. And I think the last thing for mood is a very common thing that I hear people in labor say is that they're tired. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so tired. I don't know how I can do this for hours. I'm so tired. I just want to take a nap. Right. That's very, very normal to feel very tired in labor. So if you're mm-hmm. still feeling like you have a lot of energy and you can move around and walk, like that's not, you're not doing the work of labor. <laughs> yet. We're not there yet. Yet. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. So it's coming. And that's, I feel like that's the body's way of actually fueling you, you know? So that's yes. a good thing. You feel energy. You feel like that means that you're banking up for what's Correct. to Correct. Yes. And the next one is definitely pressure location. So yeah. Where I mean, are you feeling the contractions? Exactly. So is it going to be more in your back? Is it going to be more in the front? Um, now, your uterus, when you're getting these contractions, it's your uterus working. It's working baby down into the position where it needs to be. So what we're really looking for is a lot of pressure. And like Eleanor was telling me earlier, the midwives that she works for are very straightforward. They want pressure consistently in the butt. <laughs> yeah, I like to call them poop contractions. Um, so uh, basically, the further dilated that you get, the lower your baby's head is going to be. And so most people tend to start feeling contractions towards the front of their body mm-hmm. um, at the beginning of labor. And then it kind of works its way in between your legs. And then it works its way down into your butt. And when I say down into your butt, I'm talking low in your butt, like your butthole. There's yeah, no... Like you feel a lot of pressure. Like you feel like you have to go. You feel like you have to poop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, I'll hear them say, oh my God, I have to poop during the middle of a contraction. And I'm like, oh, yay. And then in between contractions, I'll ask... Like, hey, do you need to get up and use the bathroom? And they're like, no, it went away. Mm-hmm. And then the next contraction comes and they go, oh, my God, I have to poop again. Mm-hmm. And that is a really, really good sign yeah. that you are progressing mm-hmm. and that things are moving along. Mm-hmm. And like you said, yeah, the midwives that I work for, before we go to the birth center, they're like, they need to be feeling those contractions yeah. in their Consistently. butt. Consistently. Consistently. Because yeah, and not little bit mm-hmm. strong urge to poop. Right. Yeah. And when we say consistently, it's really not because anybody wants you to suffer. It's not like we want you to be in pain for an extended amount of time. But we also want to not have you rush in and then have to turn around and go back or stall out or, you know, basically get to a point where you're disappointed. So it's really to make sure that you're able to, you know, progress at home for as long as possible and feel comfortable with your own things and your own surroundings and, and, you know, be with your loved one and just keep it private. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about early labor, right? With my second baby, mm-hmm. I was technically in early labor for four days mm-hmm. before I went into active labor. Mm-hmm. And um, all day long, I'd be contracting here and there. And they'd be consistent. I knew I was in labor because they didn't stop, right? Mm-hmm. No matter what position I was in, 
no matter if I was hydrated or fed or whatever, I was still having contractions, but they mm-hmm. weren't the 511 pattern. So what can someone like me do who is kind of stuck in that early labor pattern? Yeah, so I love wa- telling my families to watch Netflix. I'm nice. dead serious. I'm like, pick a series that you love that you haven't watched yet. Not anything that's going to make you sad, okay? Because we don't want like depressing labor. <laughs> but something that you can laugh to because I, I can always tell whenever the laughter dies down, mm-hmm. that's when things are getting a little bit more serious. Yeah. But that's okay. If you're really not into like watching anything funny, you don't have to. A lot of, I had one mom who was really into crocheting. She wanted to see how far she can get on this scarf before it was time to go. We nice. made it like, two-thirds of the way nice. <laughs> before she was ready. I think she had already started it, too. So just different things. Like, they went on walks. They did uh, things with the family calls. They got all the calls out of the way with yeah. the family before, so nobody was going to be bothering them. They're like, this is what's happening, and then we're signing off, and then, you know, the partner will update you whenever yeah. it's time. So what about you? Yeah, I, I like to encourage my clients to have an early labor project. Mm-hmm. So, um, like you said, a Netflix series, like save a movie to watch, that mm-hmm. you, you know, haven't seen that you're really excited about watching. Maybe like bake a birthday cake for the baby. Um, <laughs> that's always a fun one because like then it, it gets you busy and it gets yeah. you active and mm-hmm. there's something that needs to get done. Decorating a cake, that's whatever. Really you know, I've never thought to to tell people to do something like that. Normally I'm like, go for a walk or I, you know, have some sex. Yeah, know, sex is like great. That. Honestly, if your water has not broken yet, mm-hmm. um, sex is beautiful because semen is a natural prostaglandin. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. semen actually can help ripen your cervix and kick labor into gear. Yes. It may not be comfortable at this stage, but... It, it might. <laughs> give it a go. Yeah, give it a go. You can always change your mind. It's Try okay. Try it out. And that's, of course, for like people who are in heterosexual relationships, right? Right. They're looking right. for So, semen. But of course, if your water's already broken, nothing up the vagina. That's yeah. pretty much the hard and Pretty much rule. the standard. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, have an early labor project. Um, you know, come up with something to do. Maybe go on one last date night with your partner. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in the time of COVID. So, you know, maybe set up like a blanket in the living room and have a picnic or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, but do something to maybe pretend, like make it special yeah um, you know the, your partner can lightly massage you you know if you get one of those surges that comes in the middle of it I always like to do something where you're not in the middle of like a crowd so like if you needed to leave you could do that <laughs> so like I like to keep around the house or around the neighborhood yeah, you know if yeah. you need to go home you can waddle back <laughs> definitely and I think the best piece of advice that I ever received as a pregnant mom was pretend like you're not in labor until you can't pretend anymore. Yes, I use that. So very, track very your contractions, but mm-hmm. every contraction that comes, just say, mm, it's a false alarm or, oh, this is not it, but I'm just going to track it just in case. Mm-hmm. Um, and just continue doing that until you can't right. any longer. Exactly. Because I think the biggest thing that we've been kind of emphasizing this whole episode is like the mental fatigue Mm -hmm. and if you get to the point where especially if early labor before you're hitting those like really active contractions if that goes on for a while that can be very discouraging and so just trying to maintain that positive attitude that eventually you won't be pregnant anymore exactly I mean because really this isn't I hate to be like cliche but it's not a sprint it's really a marathon oh it really is to make sure that you're and hydrated and keeping up your energy through yeah. the whole thing. You don't want to do the work of labor until you have to. Exactly. Because um, oh. you're just going to exhaust yourself. Also napping. I napping. Always, I'm like nap as much as you can, which can be challenging, especially if you're having contractions. I know it may be 
um, a little bit disjointed as far as the nap is concerned, but building up, kind of like refilling your cup as much as you possibly can. You yeah, know? yeah, napping as much as you can. Nap banking. That's yeah. what we're going to call it from here on out. So, all right. So what about talking to a friend about their labor? This can go either way because you might get psyched out talking to the, your friend, but if you feel like you won't, you can definitely talk to them about their labor experience. Yeah, I think talking to other people about their labor experiences is important because not necessarily for their um, birth stories or anything like that, but for kind of getting a realistic length of time. Exactly. How long did it take for them to really get things going? Or how long did it, like from the beginning of labor to the end of labor mm-hmm. before they had their baby? And I think it gives you a little bit more of a realistic length of time so Mm -hmm. that when you first start having those contractions you're not the person in the movie going oh my god this baby's gonna fall out on the side of the road yeah you realize okay the last 10 people that I talked to it took them six hours 10 hours 15 hours 16 Mm -hmm. hours 12 hours whatever it took yeah whatever it was to kind of calm you down in that situation give you some good perspective on what is realistic that most of the time babies don't come out in two hours because unfortunately even with you know people who have the best relationships with their providers sometimes they go into birth not knowing how long it realistically takes yeah you know so it's good to I like to connect with you know I love to hear other birth stories so I love to connect with new moms I'm like tell me your birth story I love hearing it because I mean for example my first birth was a unnecessary induction but it was only seven hours Mm. I feel that's pretty short. Yeah, I feel <laughs> I feel really lucky that it was like that, even though I'm, I look back and I wish I wasn't induced, period. But, you know, it, that could have gone very, very differently. You know, and yeah. I went on weeks with having Braxton Hicks contractions, nothing really serious. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, who, who really knows? But at the yeah. same time, but somebody next to me could be completely different. So I love hearing those different uh, perspectives and what happened to them. And, and it's good. But however, if you're somebody who's very anxious about these things, it's okay if you don't feel like you need to take a, a, a census of everybody in the neighborhood. Who's yeah, yeah. Birth. If that's going to give you more anxiety over things, then definitely keep to yourself on that one. <laughs> That's fine um, too. And I think the last thing is really trying to make your home feel like a safe place to labor mm-hmm. is really important. Um, I have been with clients before that didn't feel safe at home, mm-hmm. that in their head it was, oh my God, this baby comes. I can't labor here. I need to labor at the hospital. I need to labor at the birth center. I can't be here. I can't be here. I can't be here because this is not safe because mm-hmm. in their head, you that's where you have babies. Mm-hmm. So I think trying to cultivate an atmosphere at home where you feel safe to labor, mm-hmm. um, one of the biggest things that you can do to do that is hiring a doula this is our shameless doula plug (laughs) yeah Um, I mean we're not gonna have an episode without it but I mean realistically you know what is a doula we covered that in one of our previous episodes but it's it's basically your birth professional friend you know somebody who's there who's done it a million times and who knows the process of birth and can provide that level of comfort for you yeah and even if you're someone who's going into the hospital that's saying like I want the epidural and I want that and I don't want to feel the pain you know, a doula can really provide that pain management at home to make mm-hmm. things really comfortable for you during the earlier stages of labor so that when you get to the hospital, you are at a really good place to get an epidural right. and you're at a really good place to receive those meds that mm-hmm. you are wanting to receive in yeah. labor. And a lot of people will ask like, well, if I'm going to get an epidural, do I still need a doula? I'm like, oh yeah, I still put you in positions. Just oh because yeah, I you move have... you every 30 to 45 yeah, I'm minutes. I'm <laughs> moving you. I mean, I know you might be a little numb and wiggly from the waist down, but I'm moving you over and making sure that, you know, your pelvis is in a 
the outlet is in a wide open position yeah, most definitely. for a baby to come down. So, I mean, definitely. But as far as being at home, yes, I, I feel like somebody who's there, who's just a birth professional who can really be like, this is normal. You're doing mm-hmm. great. Let's relax. Let's keep the lights down low, et cetera, um, can help you with the emotional management of labor. Yeah. So we like to end every episode with the question, how have you cared for yourself this past week? Mm-hmm. So it's your turn to go first. Okay. So I got these. I'm an internet shopping sucker, okay? I'm just going to say that right now. And the stupid Facebook ads, they get me. But I yeah. actually had a friend who who got some of these, like, UV gel nails from – and I thought they were expensive because I'm pretty, like, frugal. But I went ahead and went forward on buying them, and I did them. And I'm really excited. They turned out really, they really look really cute. good. Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know how long they're so going to last. So they're not press-on. So what it is is they're they're like these little pre-polished strips, right? Uh-huh. And they're like this. Each one is like the size of a nail. You have to match up and see which one fits the best. You put it on like a sticker. Mm-hmm. If it's a little bit short, it's okay. Just pull and stretch it over to completely fill your nail. And you have to press down around so it mm-hmm. like sticks. This and is not you, an ad, guys. It's not. <laughs> but if you want to, I mean, please pay me, okay? Because <laughs> I would I would love to. Yeah, but and then. Sponsor us, please. We're so broke. Um, <laughs> and then we cure it with a UV light. And it's pretty easy. Like, cool. I mean, some great. things. Some people say it will last like two to three weeks. But I don't know. With all the hand washing I do, I don't know what's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. But I'm pretty excited because it makes me feel pretty. I haven't felt pretty in so long. That's nice. Yeah. What about you, friend? Well, I feel really pretty right now, too. Ooh. I'm not wearing my shirt right now. But I did buy myself a new shirt recently. Guys, you will um, see the shirt in our pictures that we are going to release soon. And it is so pretty. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a good shirt. It's a good shirt. It's a Target shirt. I mean, that's pretty much my go-to place to shop. Well, the Red Dot Boutique is like my my place. Nice. I don't even know what that is. That's Target. Oh. The Red Dot Boutique. Nice. Target. Target. I yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's a Target shirt. But I haven't bought myself clothes in mm-hmm. so long. Like, I am two plus years I'm over two years postpartum and I'm still wearing like the nursing bra that I purchased yeah. like, and, and why do we freaking do yeah. that you know like our kids look super fly they have always oh, yeah, like it was definitely clean super cute. you know their hair is brushed we're yeah, like yeah. making sure they look cute and we don't have anything for ourselves yeah so good for you I'm so yeah, happy so I bought myself a new shirt I feel really beautiful in it and yeah. uh you it feels good did look awesome in that shirt thank you I liked it a lot Thanks. Yeah, so I'm feeling myself I'm feeling myself feeling myself thanks Nikki for that <laughs> Thanks for listening to our episode on how to know when it's time to head to the hospital or the birth center for labor. We hope you loved it as much as we did, and we want to keep in touch, so please follow us on Facebook and Instagram and tell us what topics you'd like to hear. Please subscribe and leave us a five-star review, and we will see you again soon. Thanks. Bye.